to the short side they go. McKenzie, inside, Cruden, brilliant! And Grant kicking across field for Morahan, and he takes oh. it brilliantly. Morahan, he kicks ahead, needs a good bounce, and he gets it! What a try! Luke Morahan! Hello, everyone, and it is a very, very warm welcome to you all wherever you are dialing into our Fox Sports Rugby podcast from around the world. Sean Maloney in the studio alongside Sam Worthington and Stephen Hawes. Men, we have just two rounds. Yeah, two rounds of Super Rugby to run. The Aussie Conference is down to two and they're all locked up. Yeah, I'm really excited about it. The fact that the Brumbies and the Tars are still alive and we get to see some really good clashes against the Kiwis. I'm, I've always said that the... Everyone talks about how good the Kiwi derbies are and I, I pay that and I agree with it, but nothing brings out the best rugby in Australian sides and, until they play the Kiwis and the Tars Chiefs this weekend. Um, Tars Kane. Tars Kane, sorry. And the Brums going over to Auckland, like that's huge, you know. I think that'd be great. Yeah, let's hope we can get a repeat of that Waratahs Chiefs game uh, before the break, which was one of the games of the round in the... In the the Tars sort of played the Chiefs at their own game and, and beat them at their own game. So it shows that they can do it. And, um, yeah, absolute massive, massive stakes in that game this Saturday night. All right, let's wrap up what was the week gone by. Week 15 is in the rearview mirror. And the Waratahs returned. Well, they didn't return to form, guys, but they continued their good form after that big win against the Chiefs before they broke for the break. Uh, I called it. You know, I called it. I said a big blow against the Wolves. The line was 29. The bookies had a line of 29. I said more than that. And they needed more than that, the Moondogs. Did you have a little bit on it? No, I didn't. Burn no. my money on uh, horse racing before I got a chance. <laughs> I didn't make 245 on Saturday. <laughs> it was already empty, the account. The account was in... Uh, they were, they were, they, look, they were slow starters, but they finished strongly the Tars. Yeah, that, those games... I know sometimes you look at games, you think, oh, they smashed the Sunwolves. They're so much stronger than them. But games like that can have a huge impact on sides' confidence and ability to, to read players' combinations. It's only been, you know, four games that um, Izzy's been playing 13. Kellaway was outstanding. Matty Lucas, although he hurt his foot at the end of their game, like, he was great coming off for a rare start to give Nick Phipps a little bit of downtime. So um, those games, I've always felt, are really good for sides if they're, you know, still got their mind on, which they will. Like, this weekend is is massive and I think the Tars are, are in good shape and who would have thought six weeks ago, eight weeks ago that they'd be in contention. So it's uh it's gonna be a really exciting couple of weeks. Yeah and Daryl Gibson sort of spoke about it, you know, before the break as well and, and, and now afterwards that they've finally found their identity. It, it took them a long time, um, under under Daryl, didn't it, which is understandable. Um but yeah they seem to with Izzy at thirteen and playing a really attacking brand, um things seem to be clicking into into place. So it's a tough one to call this Saturday night. Yeah, I can't wait to see them get into it. And the Brumbies and Reds was probably the other game that we need to wrap up from the week that was as well. Jeez, that first 20 minutes of that game, Brumbies and Reds, was hell. It was the worst I've seen. It was disgusting. Yeah, it wasn't pretty. And again, one of those games you go in Australian Derby, guys know each other so well. It's almost as if they're just within themselves and they're afraid to make mistakes. But, but they made plenty. I know, as a result, that's what happened. So, <laughs> they were, I don't think they were afraid to make mistakes. Not yeah, afraid no. at all. Yeah, that's a, I, don't, I don't know what the problem is because I've played in a lot of those games and, and I don't mind those tight contests as long as the you know error rate is low. But unfortunately, it was you know too much drop ball, too many basic mistakes. But the class of the Brumbies at, towards the end of the game, it, you know... To, to be fair, for what they were playing for, I was a little bit disappointed with their performance as an 80 minutes. They came mm. away with a good win on paper and looks like they you know, smacked them by the end. But 
um, watching the actual performance, I think they were rusty compared. The Tars went bang bang, and mm. the Brums kind of just limped their way through to that eighty minutes. The Reds were good though early on, particularly maintained or well, not early on, but after around the twenty minute mark when they built up that ten 0 lead, they maintained possession well, and they. You know what? I think if that try to Samukrebi just after the break wasn't taken back from the Reds after being awarded, it'd be a different. Uh, we're having a different chat right now because they had a good run going in that game. Yeah, just a game of inches, isn't it? That was probably uh, centimeters or millimeters on, on the sideline there for that no try. So Do you agree with that call? No try. You think his foot touched? Yeah, uh, I think it definitely touched. Yeah. But. The, I hate seeing tries of water then going back. Yeah. That really gives me the heebie-jeebies. Oh, it's certainly an area we've n- we need to tighten up. Our, our interaction that. with the TMO and how we go through foul play and try decisions, it's it, it's the laughing stock, really. Like It's embarrassing every week watching the communication between referees. And you don't need to award a try instantly. If you, there's a system in place, don't award it. But the go assistant ref is right there. So when he chugs it up the park, he's got to go straight to the ref. Who was refereeing the game? Excuse me for getting Brumbies v... Uh, Reds, it's, oh, it's gone from me. Sorry, yeah. Amy Parrott was getting ready to do yeah. the next night. Um, so Angus Roberts, Angus Garden, no, Angus Garden did the Stormers. Anyway, this did the Stormers v Rebels game. But the, I think it was the Hoff. I think it was Rowan Hoffman who was right there, and he can move. So get down the other end. You're if you're not a hundred percent, just say, hey buddy, just have a little squeeze at the chalk and Eto Nambuli's foot might have caught some of it. As I said, it could have been a different story if they didn't have that taken away from them. His feet are too big, Baghetto. If he had smaller feet, it would have been okay. But, uh, yeah, I think the, the Reds, um, that's the story of their season, really, isn't it? They compete for sort of half the game, even even 60 minutes, um, but but just can't put it together for the full 80. So, yeah, there's some promising signs. I think Luke and Tui, uh, the, the lock, he looks like a real great athletic prospect. I think Halsey um, knows a little bit about him and, and, and the Tong and Thor as well. Um, Wasn't he good, Tong and Thor? Oh, mate, he was some freakish awesome. We saw him in the NRC and saw him it's in the NRC. nice to see him in that super... He's just got such a turn of speed for a big man. Like, Don't, don't you reckon as well that the Reds coaching staff should be commended on their time they've taken in terms of developing him, not just tossing him in a super rugby? Yeah, made gra- him earn it, eh? Oh, completely. And not just made him made him earn it they improved him along the way Nick Styles has had a fair bit to do with him yeah hats off uh, and, and we saw him last year and everyone was saying why don't we see him earlier for and, and I look at him now and go you know what he probably was ready last year but just from a um, you know a pressure and a, a mental approach I think the fact they've held him back they've worked on his scrummaging and we know what he can do around the park I'm super excited to see him Leroy Houston Luke Arn, these guys you know um, Murphy the young reserve hooker Sefa Ungesi these guys they've brought you know, we, now we're expecting a lot more of those guys next year. Unfortunately, we say that about the Reds too often. But uh, no, that'd be sweet. And Kane Douglas back as well was. Oh gee, it was good to see. That guy loves whacking blokes, eh? Yeah, he gets a start this weekend, which would be just fantastic. loves whacking blokes. Yeah, flies out of line, hurts blokes for a living, and he was there with you in 2014 when you won the title. Yeah, yeah, I'll go as far as saying that Kane was one of the main reasons we didn't back it up last year and, and go he, back to he back. Gone OS. He just he just left such a hole in the whole dynamic of that team, and he was um. Yeah, he, what he does, he just works tirelessly in attack, mm. but he makes big plays in defence. So he flies off the line. Uh, he loves looking for a 5'8 from a long ball and just smashes him. And he, a bit like people criticise Michael Hooper, not stealing the ball, Kane is one of those guys that makes a lot of dominant hits um, against the run of play, which lead to teams, the Waratahs in particular when he was there, taking space and getting a turnover that way. So, um, yeah, he's massive for Australian rugby and, and he gets a start this weekend and, and hopefully two... Decent games before going into the rugby championships. He jarred Liliofano the other night. I think he was wrong-footed, wrong with his non-dominant um, shoulder, with his lead shoulder, and he still managed to drill him. Jizzy must have some concrete no shoulders. 
oh, he just got a great work ethic. You know, he just doesn't complain. He works hard. And he's, you can see why Michael Checker fought so hard to get him back from Leinster. He's such a variable player. And what I'm glad we're talking about him now because he's one of these players that we lost according to everyone. We lost to England because we didn't have Beal and we didn't have Ashley Cooper and we didn't have Drew Mitchell. We probably had a, you know, a big hole in that second row and that was due to Kane Douglas. Would have been nice to see him up against a toe show. Him and, uh, him and Luke and Tui, I'm a big uh, fan of what I've seen of him as well. I reckon that could be a potential Wallabies combination for the future because uh, I think we talked about it before that the, the Wallabies are probably missing that real athlete in the, in the tight five that can actually make a break and, and offload. And I hope they don't try and... I heard, heard the Reds coaches talking about they, they don't want to see any of that flair stuff from the Tongan Thor, but I... I I think they should be encouraging that sort of play, shouldn't they? They shouldn't be saying just just put all your tricks away. Well, I don't want to see in five years' time Tong and Thor just be a guy who hits rucks and you know pick and drives. Like he's there for a reason. Like a bit like Matty Dunning. Remember when Matty Dunning came in? He could read a play. He was taking intercepts. Good and, motor. Yeah, good motor. Could drop kick, and then all of a sudden it just got weaned out of him, and he just had to work on his scrummaging. And I think there's a really fine balance. So you got to be really careful with the message you send to these guys. You've got a, a certain skill, and just because you've got a different number on your back doesn't mean you have to play. That product. I know if I was in a side with uh, Tong and Thor, I'd be saying to other second rows or back rows, mate, you, well, you hit rucks. I want you to hit a few more rucks because I want this beast to have a run. Yeah. yeah. You know, let him do what he does really well. One of his early runs the other night, it was a scram, a nice hard line, and he did well to free the ball as well, popped it up, and it was actually the trailing runner who overran or underran it, one of the two. Probably so. underran it knowing how fast <laughs> he's over 10. <laughs> no, he was good. So Brumbies win. Reds uh, have another loss, but it doesn't matter for them. This year, they will face the Chiefs this week. Let's talk about the games we just touched on because we are now down to two. We'll come back to the Force and the Rebels down the track as we preview their games this weekend. But Brumbies up against the Blues, who've been a thorn in years past, and the Tars against the Canes. Let's kick it off in chronological order. Let's go Brumbies v Blues in Auckland. Yeah, I think uh, the Blues have they've been pretty poor over the last decade or so. But they've uh, look at the record; they've always been a bit of a, a bogey team for the for the Brumbies. So yeah, the, the Blues played really well against Hurricanes last weekend, and looked like they were gonna gonna steal it. They were really up for that game. So it's a little bit hard to know which which team we're gonna get out there. They have got a few injuries, um, the Blues. But as we've said, I don't think the Brumbies have been playing particularly well d- despite being top of the conference. So yeah, this is a game I'm sure that the uh, the, the Brumbies coaches will be very nervous about because they just won't know what, what exactly the Blues are going to throw at them. And the Blues have got nothing to lose. They can, they can, they, they're eliminated from the playoffs now. They can really throw it about. So, yeah, a, a real uh, nervy sort of game for Brumbies fans. Almost makes them more of an issue when they've got nothing to play for, the Blues. You know what I'm saying? They're, they're a danger team uh, on a good day. And but you know what I mean? Yeah. Like, there's nothing yeah. cracking. No, no. Don't have to worry about it. And they're probably, you know, they're disappointed how their season went. Everyone thought they'd go better. And... Um, Unfortunately, someone had to come bottom of that conference, and it's it's the Blues. But I'm a little bit worried about the Brums. Like it has been a danger game for them. Certainly, David Pocock is a, is a big loss for them. A few injuries now in the back row, and I get the impression watching their game last week that they've gone back to what worked for them last year, which is very much a forward-dominated game. Saw a lot of that work up tight, the rolling malls, that type of stuff. That's what they did last year, and at the start of this year, they came out of the blocks, and we thought, how good is their new play? But we haven't actually seen that for a while now, so. I know they lost some personnel along the way. I reckon they look a little bit predictable when they get into phase two and three, maybe even even beyond that. You know, they've got blocker runners. Yeah. Just, it's, you've seen a lot of it before. Um, now they're turning it back on the inside to R. Wong on that line coming in off his wing as well. Um, it's a lot of the stuff we've kind of seen a lot of. Yeah, again, I, I don't think they're playing now how they did at the start of the year. I reckon they've 
they had that sort of rough patch for a while there and I, they've probably gone, gone away and said, okay, let's go what works for us. And you know what? It might work for them to get them wins, but I don't think it's going to win them the, the title. So I love what they did at the start of the year and I'd love to see them be able to do that. I know no Henry Spate, Tamani, a few of these guys make a massive difference for them, but Ar Wong's been very good for them Ar-Wong's since he's come in. Dougaville's yeah. been okay as well. Yeah, Dougaville. It was Thomas, yeah. Thomas Cabelli that completely sparked them at the weekend, wasn't it? He was great with, with that running game, which is something that the Wallabies probably lacked with Nick Phipps there. So I think Cabelli is, you know, we don't normally see the number nine as potentially the, the game game breaker or playmaker, but I think for the Brumbies he probably is if, if they are going to you know ca- cause some noise in the finals. Well, they tend to play a whole heap of structure, but Cabelli just plays how he likes to play and I think it's it's not a matter of him trying to fit in with the Brahms. I look and go if you guys want to win this week and win next week and keep winning you've got to start to play off Kubeli because he's the one with the, the instincts just to go when he sees space so you've got to keep up. It's nice to see Joe Powell get some extended game time but it was a it was a big jump wasn't it when Kubeli came on against a tiring Reds pack. Jeez he can really click his heels when he gets his nose in and around that rock can't he? Well it might actually work that theory. I know they'll start Kubeli this week but Similar being a tragic Tigers fan, Robbie Farrell on the bench, comes in late in the game, 25 minutes in. I like it when you've got a player like Kubeli that can come in late in the game where there's holes. If, you're, if you expect Kubeli to start finding holes where he's already played 50 minutes, it's a pretty fatiguing position, halfback. I, I almost think... Do you play power for 20 or 30 minutes and bring him on? That'd be a Potentially, yeah. It's something. Look, I, I know they won't, but you go... Like it, it worked on the weekend with him finishing the game. Like He was outstanding for 25 minutes, so it's certainly something that I would consider. And Power... He wasn't uh he wasn't below par by by any means. No. Like I thought he was no, good. Yeah, he his service his service got a little bit low and sloppy late in the game under fatigue as a halfback does. I would probably say, you know, they could play forty forty, something like that. I'd like to see that. It'll be interesting to see which way Stephen Larkham goes this weekend with the Brumbies taking on the blues. And I dare say the Brums might be hoping for some dry weather over there in NZ because when it gets wet between those two sides, uh, invariably it'll go the way of the men from Auckland. Our other big game, Tars v Hurricanes. Speaking of hoping for some good weather, let's put our fingers, toes, cross whatever else we can and make it happen for some running conditions because when these two teams play the way they both want to play, oh, we're set for some juicy super rugby. Absolutely, and last year uh, the Tars got the better of the Canes um, over in Wellington. I think you might have even scored a try that day, did, did you? Or was it? Year before. Year, year before. before at okay. Allianz. At Allianz. Yeah. So the Tars have beaten them last two years consequently. The yeah. one at Allianz a couple of years ago came from about yeah. 25 points down. Boys were cooked. Yeah. That was the one where Izzy threw that horrible to Cliffy Palu behind the trial That's line. right, that was that game, yeah. Yeah, Bowden yep. Marrett scored. And we came on and we, we had a really late finish to that game and won Remember that. Remember Hooper being enormous that night. It happens most weekends for sure. the Tars, Hooper being enormous. Yep. But then last year over the cake tin, Cliffy Palu just went full full crazy. Yeah. Um, he just flicked he the switch. They gave him the <laughs> crazy yeah. message. Was I you remember that. He only got the half. Yeah, they said you got 40 minutes, he 45 minutes, and he, he just went, went absolutely berserk yeah. and berserker and um, and swap with pa- uh, swap with Potkeeter in the second half. Yeah. It was a, it was a big win. Slippery Pete was good that afternoon. Pete Beatham intercepted at half time. Yeah. Yep. So again, that's why I keep referring back to these games and you go back to the Tars with the Chiefs and being a former Tar, knowing that they get up for these games and the Crusaders, the Chiefs, the Canes have brought out the best in the Tars and um, they're in a good good space at the moment and, and I think the Tars can get it done. 
Yeah, the Hurricanes um, lost a couple of players with injury this week as well. No Jeff Tomong Allen and, and Blade Thompson as well. So they're down on personnel a little bit. Um, and you, you mentioned Michael Hooper. There's an interesting uh, article in the Daily Telegraph that I think you, you spoke to Ian Payden um, about about Michael Hooper's um, just immense work ethic. And he's played by far the most um, amount of minutes of anyone in the Super Rugby in the last three or four years, which, you know, it's probably an issue that the AAU needs needs to look at soon. But, uh, yeah, just, just an absolute animal in terms of always, always being up for the battle. It's, I find it just amazing that some people criticise him and say he's not an out-and-out on baller. Like, it, it baffles me. For the people that say that is, one, every person in every team should be able to go hard on the ball if need to. But two, the Tars don't purposely go hard for the ball. They're a team that takes the space. But... What Hooper does is just phenomenal. Like he provides so much go forward. He has so many hard carries. Um, he'd be no heavier than 100 kilos, and he plays above his weight every single game. And, and I was quoting that uh, in that paper article about uh, play, we played the Crusaders last year. I looked over at halftime before a lineout, and I didn't think he was going to be able to make it to the lineout. It looked like he was about to have a heart attack. And then 10 minutes later, he's running around like a lunatic for another 40 and, and leading to another victory. So, But you're right. They, it's, it is something the AU should look at. I'd love to see a Geordie Reid or Colby Fang or one of those you know sevens that are down in Melbourne move up to Sydney and, and help with his workload because I think Hoops is doing far too much at the Tars. Not, not too much work, but for the longevity of him, you've got to be able to, at times give him 50-minute games, 60 minutes, maybe a week off training, but they just rely so heavily on yeah. him. And for the people that, a lot of people you know, on social media and stuff criticise him for being out wide and running like a back, um, you know, which, which the typical number seven shouldn't do. Can you just explain what, what his role in the team is there? Is it similar to what we see the same with Kieran Reid? He's always out in that, those wide channels trying to make breaks and pop offloads. Is it something similar to that? Yeah, well, every side has a slightly different setup, but the way the Waratahs traditionally have played, and I don't, I don't, they're not doing the exact same way this year, but the Wallabies certainly are. They have one back rower works with the second rowers, and that back rower swaps and changes. So if the second rowers go to left of the field, the back row on the left picks up with them. And so the back, the back rowers are kind of always looking to make sure One's with the second rowers, one's on the other side of the field, and they're, they're never really together. So Hooper, at times, has to hang down a short side. And when people say, like, a number seven should go to the ball to recycle his own team's ball, that, that's crap because, you know, the ball carrier has to have a person inside and outside them to help clean out. It doesn't matter if it's number seven on your back or number 15. That person closest to the ruck has to go to it. And the fact that Hoop stands on one side of the field at times... Um, if you've got a defender in front of you, that means there's probably space elsewhere. If there's not a defender in front of him, get the ball to him. So um, the days of back rowers being in fixed positions the whole game is, is changed. And, um, you know, you can't afford to have more than three or four at each ruck in attack because you, you're going to have less numbers for your next next hit up. It's quite bizarre, isn't it? Sometimes like he, he scores two tries um, and, and people go, oh, they, what, what's he doing out wide? It's ridiculous to, to criticise someone for scoring a try. Quite quite bizarre. He scored that. No. Anyway, let's, let's yeah. we, I feel like we talk about hoops a lot on, on this podcast. <laughs> is it, is it, we do. It's almost like every second second week. I'm tired of it. Yeah, okay. He's yeah. a good player. Bloody good player. Bloody good player, Michael <laughs> Hooper. And he'll be around for a long time to come. Uh, okay, so we've got those two locked and loaded. Which way do these games go both? Brumbies v Blues. Give me a margin, please, Stefan. I'm going Brumbies by five. Mm. Uh, Brumbies by nine. They'll get them with the old Stephen Moore line out and drive a couple of times. I'll take the visitors by two. I think it's going to be very tight. And the game here in City between the Tars and Canes. Give me total points scored combined. Total points scored. Okay, I'll go. The winner. I'll go Tars twenty nine. Um, Canes twenty one. 
Give me Hurricanes City. 37, Waratahs 29. Lots of points. Lots yeah, of but points. I'm so sick of this. It's because he's Kiwi. He's <laughs> no, there no, he even team. told me he's going to wear his Kiwi jersey. He's going to wear his I'll be there in the Canes jersey. Captain yeah. Hurricane, spare me. Uh, I'm going to go... Throw I'm a beer on you for sure. I'm going to go Tars 33, Canes 27. I reckon 60 big bad points scored in that one. Okay, now let's uh, tidy up, dust up the remaining... Super Rugby sides from Australia and go Western Force v Cheaters. Oh, my gosh, man. I stayed up and watched this one from Bloemfontein. Down 27-10 at halftime. The Western Force find a way to put themselves in front. 29-27 at the 73rd minute mark. Peter Grant. And then lose. Peter yep. Grant. Oh, I, was br- I was broken for him. Oh, it's a tough place to go and lose. It's a tough place to go and win, Bloemfontein. We've been there on this show before, but we have. heartbreaking for the force. And that's I'm a shit loss. Like, they come back from that far Thank down. You, yeah. You uh, know what I mean? No, I, I completely... Dane Haley Petty's two tries outstanding. It's just, unfortunately for them, um, that's just what they expect now. They're, it's almost as if they're happy to be in the game. And I don't reckon. No, I don't reckon. At the end of that game, they were they were broken. Like, Dane Haley Petty sat on his backside just... Broken. They did so well to bring themselves back into it um, at altitude as well. It was mm. a huge performance. Uh, yeah, like the cheaters aren't going that well. Like I, I think they should have won that game. Oh, you course. do? Yeah, I think they should have. That they, they they could have and should have won that game, and that's why I I just look at them and go, I don't think they're. Um, I think subconsciously now they're just so used to those defeats. Of course, it hurts them. I'm not saying it doesn't hurt them. They don't prepare well, but. It's just somehow embedded in what they do. They go close, they compete, they fight, and they don't come away with the points, and it's, they're just so used to it now. Yeah, mm. so many of their losses are by just two or three points. Or points. Their last yeah. three points have yeah. been like that. And, uh, They've forgotten how to win. Yeah. Yeah. That's probably a fair way of looking yeah. at it. I mean, Peter Grant's uh, been a gun goal kicker over the years. He's one mm. of Super Rugby's highest he point scorers. It. He would have you would have. Oh, it's a straight duff. <laughs> yeah. Mate, it's a worm burner. <laughs> it's it, didn't, it didn't get more than five metres off the ground. It was ugly. It was horrendous. And at altitude, that's hard to do. Yeah, I know. Yeah. And like you say, were they normally such a, a comprehensively um, well put together goal kicker, Peter Grant? So they go down. And down in Melbourne, it was the Rebels capitulating late against the Stormers. That one, uh, that one really got ugly. Uh, Are you available this weekend? You used to play in the second row. There's they're a bit short, aren't they? Yeah, there's Luke no Jones left, in yeah. a bit of trouble. Tamani struggling for the game against the Crusaders this week. Uh, Thirty-one, all it was until yeah. the uh, the gates opened. Yeah, I know they they have lost a lot of players to injury, and you know that's an excuse to some degree. But I was a bit disappointed that Tony McGann, you know, said how proud he was of his players afterwards because 57 points against a team like the Stormers who they have improved their attack but that, that's not, not, not it's not really attacking. not it's really not good enough good. is it to, to concede that I, I reckon he probably behind closed doors he's not quite so glowing in his, in his praise to the players but I, yeah I didn't really like seeing that yeah again I, you, you never really know why coaches say certain things and a lot of the times they say things to the media just um, to try and send a message out he may he may well have walked in there and just torn strips off his players but they did lose a lot of cattle early in key positions. Jordy Reid finished the game in the second row. Um, you know, these things aren't ideal. And you don't make excuses for injuries in professional rugby because there is a huge amount of research out there now that shows you that some, some, not all of them, can be avoided. And that's just how you run your program. And sometimes it's luck and sometimes it's good preparation. And um, unfortunately, they don't have the depth to be able to go through the plays that they've been going through. And, and that's what happens when you bring on exper- inexperienced players late in the games. The floodgates open. Two to run for the Rebels as well. This week, they are taking on the Crusaders over in Christchurch. If, if, I mean, if ever there's a time to 
if you don't want to be going to Christchurch, it's probably now. They've got they've, the Rebels have got nothing to play for. The Crusaders still chasing top of their conference after going down against the Chiefs last week. It's going to be freezing cold in Christchurch. Oh man, I, I worry a little bit for the Rebels this week. Yeah, well, one one possible saving grace is the Crusaders might be resting a couple. No, Kieran Reid this weekend. So I mean that that should be ammunition for the Rebels saying these guys don't don't rate us. They think it's an easy easy five points. So, so let's, see, let's I'd love to get, get on that trip. If I was a Rebels player, I'd be going there, and then I'd probably say, look, Tony, can I just get a? I'm injured. Yeah, I'm injured and maybe just sneak I'll off to, to Mount Hutt or something <laughs> for an afternoon. I'll, I'll manage my injury from yeah. both here. I'm just going to go and ice it. You know what? Hutt. I'll stay here and I'm going to nip up to Queenstown. Yeah. Put it in a spa in Queenstown. <laughs> I've got to head to the Remarkables for a couple of days. To <laughs> oh, I, yeah, I don't know. I just, I don't know. I think I think it could be a big one on the way. I hope it's not the case. Uh, and and, I'll and throw maybe that's why I turn him again. You know, came out and yeah, good point. Because he doesn't want eighty coming their way this weekend. No, they need to finish strong because they've done such a good job getting themselves into contention with about five games remaining. You'd hate for the wheels to fall off. Yeah, yeah you would, and it's it's happened before to them, unfortunately. You know, they've they've gone from really good starts to shocking finishes. So so yeah, yeah well they they face off there, and the force uh, just to backtrack a touch will take on the Stormers who head across the Nullarbor, ready to rip into the force. Ah. Uh, Quick tip on that one. You'll be there, Stephen Hoyle. Yeah, we'll Sideline. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We'll both be there. Um, will you do the press conference? Maybe. Depends <laughs> if you send me there again. Do you want me to? <laughs> How about offsetting for you? Yeah, that'll be... I'll write you some words. Okay. How about that? Get Giddy back, up. back yeah. on the horse. Yeah. Uh, yeah, so we'll be over there. How do you see that one bouncing out? Um, again, force, competitive, gritty, tough, determined, but not enough to win. Yeah, I think. I mean, the Storm has rediscovered their attacking mojo thanks to the the Rebels, so the Force won't be won't be thanking them for that. Um, and yeah, I, I think the Storm is relatively easily over there in Perth. It is not going to be made any easier for the Force either. They were delayed in coming home. Speaking of Dana Hallett Petty the other day, they were delayed coming home. A few issues with some planes, extra day in Joburg. I think they spent before trucking back. So it's just not what you need after going down by a point against the Cheetahs in Bloemfontein. He's hoping though that they can finish their home season with a win for the Sea Blues. Start building towards next year. Go well, you crazy force mob. Go well. Mass, uh, massive off-season for the force, isn't it? There's so much stuff to sort out in the playing list, coach. Yeah. So, um, bit yeah, of NRC action with the Perth spirit. Yeah. They need to hopefully go into the off-season with a little bit of uh, positivity with, with a win somewhere. It'd be nice to see the coach name soon. As with the Reds, any time you've got a spare couple of days, boys, let us know who's going to be coaching. Toddy Blackhead is getting tipped, isn't he? Is so, he? Okay. I mean, do the RU want... Uh, want too many overseas coaches in, in Australia, I wouldn't have thought so. So it's interesting how the, the politics plays out there. I think they want the best coach that's going to... But, again, I've said it a few times, we all think that a, an Australian probably deserves the opportunity mm. there. And there's plenty of good Aussie coaches out there, so hopefully they get the, the opportunities. I'm with you, though. I'm hoping that they uh, they make it sooner rather than later. It'd be nice to talk about some of the coaches that are coming in for the next year. Um, boys, that's us done and dusted. Another episode of the Fox Sports Rugby, Rugby Podcast all squared away and don't forget you can watch the other rugby show from 7:30 p.m on wednesday nights uh, replays all through the week including friday afternoon from 4 30 and of course rugby 360 with marto and k fan this week it's players with ben daly and nick banger phipps from the waratahs uh, that's us done and dusted man we will see you all again next time on the fox sports rugby podcast